I'd like for you to turn to the epistle of James, chapter 1. From James chapter 1, I'm reading verses 2 through 4 and verse 12. I want to talk tonight about the matter of approval. Let me say at the beginning that we are already accepted by God and that acceptance is not on the basis of performance. So when I talk about approval, I'm talking about being esteemed or pleasing God or bringing honor to Him. Um, do you need a worksheet? How many need a worksheet? Just lift your hand. Are you the only one? Oh, you got one. I'm just kidding. Chapter 1 of James. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 12, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I was watching a program on the Discovery Channel back about a month ago, and I saw one of the most remarkable stories about the migration of the monarch butterfly. Now, that sounds kind of boring, right, gang? I bet y'all have looked forward to hearing them. I, I, I didn't know this about the monarch butterfly. They migrate to, to a little spot in, a, in about a 10-mile radius in, in the central part of Mexico. And some of these butterflies leave from Nova Scotia about this time of the year, and they have never been there. And they join together in migration, thousands of them, even millions, and they travel these tiny, delicate little monarch butterflies, and they, they travel thousands of miles and they arrive at a place in central Mexico that they have never, ever seen. It's an amazing story. It's a description of a God-given instinct to the creation and to the um, um, creatures of creation. And God gives to human beings certain instincts, certain drives, we might call them, or desires, there is the desire, the worship drive. It's the drive that, that causes man to need to worship something or somebody. And from the beginning of time, man has felt a need to worship. It's a God-given instinct. There is the God-like instinct. Now we really um, give Adam and Eve a hard time in the garden because they desire to be like God. That is a God-given drive. Everybody has the drive to be God-like. There is the aesthetic drive. 
The, de- the desire for beauty. It's why people um, paint their houses and, and, and put flowers in the flower beds. It's why women decorate their faces. There is a drive to look beautiful and to enjoy beauty. It's aesthetic drive, sex drive. And all of these drives are God-given instincts that everybody possesses. Now, temptation is an inducement or an enticement to satisfy a God-given drive in a God-forbidden way. It's the best definition I have of temptation. It's an inducement or an enticement to satisfy or to fulfill one of these God-given drives or desires in a God-forbidden way. It is the inducement to fulfill or satisfy a legitimate drive in an illegitimate way. So that if Satan can induce us or entice us to to satisfy one of these desires, instincts, in a God-forbidden way, then he accomplishes and succeeds in a great way, great victory. But it is also, is temptation, also an opportunity for us to fulfill and manifest and satisfy a God-given drive in a God-like way. I used to think, when I was a kid growing up, that everything in the Bible was based on the things you don't do. So if you were tempted, oh, it's terrible to be tempted. But James comes at it from another angle and he says, count it all joy when temptations come because that's an opportunity for you to satisfy and manifest a God-given drive in a God-like way. And it becomes an occasion, an opportunity to manifest that desire, that drive in, in, in the right way. I want to talk tonight about the most powerful drive that anyone possesses. It's not the sex drive, by the way. It's the approval drive. I want to call this the taproot of the soul. It is basic to human nature. It's it's one of the strongest drives, the desire to be esteemed, approved, honored, accepted. Now, in general, I need to say these things about this drive, this instinct. First of all, I need to say that God has it. God has it. Do you think God desires the, the, the approval of man, the glory of man, the honor from man? You, you think God is pleased by man's praise and man's acceptance of him? You, you know he is. He, he delights in your praise and your your approval of Him. He dwells in the praise of man so that when you and I say to God, I like you because of the way you are and I, I honor you because of this that you have done, it pleases God and it, it delights Him. I mean, He gets excited about that. Now, it has to come from the heart and He knows the difference. And the praise and the approval of man that's just from the lips does not honor God. He knows if it comes from the heart. And when you praise God just from your lips, it's like being kissed by a girl when you know her heart's not in it. Guys, that ever happened to you? You And a girl kisses you, but you know she's not really into that. So you kind of peek with one eye to see if she has her eyes open and 
both eyes are open and she's looking, <laughs> kind of checking out the movie while, you know, that, that's kind of like praising God with your lips and your heart's not in it. And God, God doesn't get too excited about that, but he does have the desire for the approval of man. Jesus has this drive, had this drive. The only thing about Jesus was that he satisfied his approval drive in the Father. And he came to the end of his life and he prayed, Oh, glorify thou me with the glory I had before the world began. And he longed for that. And he said one time, I do only that which pleases the Father. And I think you can imagine Jesus just kind of looking up into heaven from time to time and saying, Father, how am I doing? And God speaks down and says, You're doing great, son. I'm pleased with you. And you and I have this drive. Now there's not anything wrong with a desire for man's approval and man's acceptance. That's a God-given drive and it's a God-given instinct. The, the issue is how do we get that drive satisfied? Now it's like the tap root of a tree. It goes down, does everybody's drive for acceptance and approval and it goes down like a taproot into the soil seeking moisture, seeking that underground stream and when it hits a stone wall it'll glance off and it'll head off in another direction but it doesn't stop, it's going to be satisfied somewhere. See. Now where does a child seek to have his approval drive satisfied? You answer, talk to me, from his parents. So here's a little kid and he has this powerful drive from the time he was born to be esteemed and to be approved. It's like the taproot of a tree and it heads into his parents and he looks for approval and acceptance there. And when he finds abuse or neglect or rejection, here's a little boy scores a touchdown in the little league football game and he comes home expecting his father to just congratulate him, put his arms around him. And he points out the mistakes he made. And here's a girl who comes home from, from second grade and she's made a 90 on her test and her mother says, oh honey, you can do better than that. And when that acceptance and that approval is not found, when, when it's, you know, go away and leave me alone, I'm watching the six o'clock news, don't bother me. Kids look for, that, for satisfaction of that desire, that drive somewhere else. And they'll look for it and they'll find it somewhere. And a woman longs for the approval of her husband and his esteem. And if she doesn't get it, he'll, she'll look for it somewhere else. And the husband looks for that wife to say to him, you know, honey, you're doing great and I'm proud of you. If he doesn't get it from his wife, he'll get it from somebody and folks come to church and they look and long for that acceptance and that approval and that esteem from one another in the fellowship. And if they don't, they don't find it, they don't hang around the church long. I've had people tell me I get more acceptance and more understanding and more love from the people down at the corner bar than I get at the church, you see. Now I need to say some things, about three things about approval, my approval drive and yours in, in, with regard to specifics. Please get this, number one. If I get my approval drive satisfied in God, 
if it's in Him that I find satisfaction for that need, then I'm going to do the things that God approves. If I get my approval drive satisfied by somebody else, I do what they approve. Now that makes, that's not, you know, this great mind, I figured that out. If you are satisfied with God's approval, you're going to do what God approves. If your need to be esteemed and accepted and approved is satisfied in someone else, you're going to do what they approve. That's point one. Point two, I will seek the approval from those things or people that I deem most important. Now this may shock you, but if you're not doing those things that God approves, you're not seeking satisfaction in, in, in the approval of God, then God is not the most important person to you. Let me ask you this question. Whose approval means the most to you? Whose approval do you crave more than anything else in the world? Whose approval means more than anything else to you? There are some people who do anything to get their name in lights. There are some people who do anything to get elected homecoming queen. There are some people who will do anything to be the most popular person in his class. There are some folks who will do anything to get to be the most powerful man in town. Well, you see, if you get hungry enough, you'll eat anything. I was reading not long ago about some people who got hungry enough, they were, they, they starved, they, they were eating rats and they were glad to get them. And, and I'm, I'm sure that a person who is, you know, eating this, you know, eating this garbage, by the way, I was sitting in the, in uh, Wayne's office not long ago, and I was, I was telling Jill about a while ago, I looked out the window and some people were digging in the garbage can out here. And I'm thinking to myself, they're looking for tin cans, but as I watched, they took out some of the garbage that was left over from a, had a college breakfast that morning, had those sausage and egg biscuits in there. And they separated out these sausage and egg biscuits on that dumpster out there and kind of laid the best ones out to the side, threw the rest back in the dumpster, started eating the ones that were the best, right outside the window in the alley here behind the church. If you get hungry enough, a person says this, you know, in his mind he knows that that's garbage, but that beats nothing, you see. Now a person who has to have this approval drive satisfied, he might say to himself, this is not right, but it beats nothing, so I'm going to have this. I'm going to satisfy myself with this. All right, point three. It's foolish to think that you can ever satisfy the need for approval anywhere else but God. Now, I'm in the neighborhood here. I need to spend some time. I need to reiterate and amplify that a little bit. Is that there are many things that a person can, can, can 
turn to and many people that he can look to for acceptance and to be esteemed and to feel worth. But the only way anyone will ever find permanent fulfillment in life is to have his need for approval and acceptance satisfied in God. Everything else is impermanent. All right, how do I get this approval? I think there are three ways that I have, that I know of, that I have this approval, desire, instinct met. Number one, and if I'm having it met in God, is to live by faith. It's to live by faith. Now the scripture says that without faith it is impossible to please Him. It means that I live my life taking God's way in everything and I trust Him. Jesus said one time when they asked Him, what work does does God require? He said, this is the work that God requires that you believe on Him who sent me. So that God's approval of you comes when you just live by trust, by faith. And there is no time when God is more pleased with you than when you are absolutely and totally dependent upon Him. When you trust Him and you live in faith. Secondly, when you live a lifetime of discipleship, the Scripture says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman unto God, that need not be ashamed. Now, now, what does it mean, a life of discipleship? It means that I follow the Lord. Um, When Jesus was here on earth, He was what is called a peripatetic teacher. A peripatetic teacher was one who just walked along and people followed Him. And as He walked along, He just dropped these little gems of truth and information and and instruction and inspiration. And these people just followed along listening to Him and picking them up, you see. He was a peripatetic teacher. And these folks were disciples who just lived their life following after Jesus to find out what He was going to say and try to emulate what He required. Now the way to gain the approval of God and His pleasure is that you live that kind of lifestyle. You just follow along after the Lord, finding out what He said and try to emulate what He required. Number three, is the way you gain His approval is by perseverance under trials. And that's what James is talking about. Instead of running when trials come, you persevere and, and uh, endure. All right, third question, how do you know when you've gotten God's approval? How do you know when you've gotten God's approval? James said that you will receive the crown of life. Now whatever else that means, I think it means this. I think he's talking about a reigning life, a victorious life. How many people do you know like that? Who live like kings? Who who reign in life? Who live victoriously? Now, if I live like a king, there are three characteristics of my life. Number one is, is that I am content. He said, blessed is the man who, having been approved, 
receives the crown of life. That word blessed there means that he needs nothing from the outside to make him happy. He has happiness that, that, that is the result of what is on the inside. He's not looking for anything else for contentment. Most people I know are always looking for something else. He's content. He doesn't need some outside source for his happiness. He knows that he has been crowned, approved of God, when he finds contentment in life. Secondly, he has assurance. You think a king worries about anything? He has assurance, confidence. And finally, he has authority. You say nobody listens to you? Well, they don't see a crown on your head. You ever noticed how winners become authorities on everything? You win the Olympics and you become an authority on everything from deodorant to, you know, to cars. Winners have authority. Now, when they sent this entourage to, to inquire, to, to, to see what made Jesus tick, when they came back, they said this about him. They said, he does not speak as the other folks speak. He doesn't talk like everybody else. He speaks as one having authority. It's the Greek word ekousia, and it means out of the essence. Out of the essence. There is in the essence of the man approved by God that authority that he commands to himself. Authority, ekousia. Now, by way of a conclusion, I want to just make three general statements to sum it up. Number one is that God needs us. We are His inheritance. I can think of nothing better tonight to say to anybody who has a problem with self-esteem than to say this, that you are valuable to God and He can't do without you. He needs you. And you don't need anybody else's approval for you to feel value and worth because you are worth to Him and are valuable to Him. Second, the only thing that matters tonight is that He accepts you, approves you in, in the bottom line. I, uh, I suppose that I've spent um, the greater part of my counseling ministry in life trying to help people see, and I, it's the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. It's the hardest thing to do as a counselor, to help people to see that the only thing that matters is that God accepts them. And they might be rejected by everybody else in the world. And still, if God accepts them, that's all that really matters. And if we please Him, we don't have to please anybody else. And finally, we are to be channels of His approval for others. Now let me tell you what I mean by that. I, I, I mean that you as a believer 
are to give that approval, God's approval to others, and be channels of it, acceptance, reach out, include. Um, a number of years, I guess three or four years ago, when I used to have to pick up Michelle at school, I pull up out, she always came out of that part of the high school there by the gymnasium on the, on the uh, east side of the building. So I'd park there by the field house, wait for her. And this girl, um, I shared this one day, and I, I get emotional every time I talk about it. This girl um, would always come out before Michelle got out of school. She's no longer here. In fact, I know exactly where she lived, and that house now is vacant, so she's gone. This girl was terribly, terribly obese. Um, it's what we refer to as gross obesity. She was terribly obese. And I would sit there in that car, and I would watch that girl come out down from somewhere there, the back part of the high school, alone, every single day. And sometimes... Some guys, you know how we are wont to do, as <laughs> high school kids, would holler at her and, 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 and will make fun of her. And she would come, you know, and she'd have that angry look on her face because others were teasing her and making fun of her. But most of all, because she was totally alone. And I would sit in a car and, 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 and think to myself, is there, is there nobody in this world who would accept that girl as a friend and love her? Now when I mentioned that from this pulpit after it happened one, one day, and I got really emotional about it, some people became very defensive. And they reminded me that she didn't want friends. I don't know of a person that doesn't want friends. And I think that really the truth is she didn't want to be rejected again. And she wanted to have the assurance that somebody would accept her just as she is and love her that way. Now it's easy to love the popular people, the beautiful people. It's not easy to become a channel of the approval, acceptance of God. It's not and uh, we, don't want to, we, don't, we don't want to pay the price of that. Somebody needs to. And Antonio Stradivari one day said, When a master holds betwixt chin and hand a Stradivari violin, he'll be glad that Antonio lived, made violins, and made them, for the, made them the best. For not even God can make a Stradivari without Antonio. Now some people will never know the approval and the acceptance of God except through you. And so a person one day saw a little child beside the street and he stopped to minister and to help. And after he ministered and helped that little child, she looked up into his face, you've heard the story, and said, pardon me, mister, but are you God? And he said, no, I'm not God. 
I'm just his friend. Uh, let me refer, paraphrase that. No, I'm not God. I'm just the channel of his approval and his acceptance. Now when, when you and I become channels of God's love and God's approval, then the church will be the church. Let me see if I can wrap this up. Everybody has an instinct, many instincts, and the most powerful instinct that man possesses is the need to be approved, to be esteemed, to be valued, to be honored, to be loved. And he'll get that in God or he'll get that somewhere else. But he'll get it somewhere. I challenge you to be the channel through which man can have that need met, satisfied, and fulfilled. And the marvelous, immeasurable, infinite love of God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that there is in us an instinct, a desire, a drive to be needed and wanted. Lord, help us to be honest with where we're getting that drive, that need, that desire fulfilled. Lord, don't let us feed on husk and garbage when there is bread at the Father's table or find acceptance and approval in some cheap relationship when there can be the intimate, wonderful relationship that we can have with you. Lord, I pray that those of us tonight who would need to respond to some public invitation that you'd give us courage to do that through Jesus our Lord, whose name I pray. There are three invitations. It's an invitation tonight for you to come to Christ. There's a longing in your heart for love, for to be needed, to be wanted. Christ needs you. He wants you. And to the lowest person on earth, he, he reached out and said, I love you. Come and be my child. Come and be my disciple. And there might be some tonight who need to do as we had happened this morning and transfer your life to this fellowship or to rededicate your life to Christ. While we stand to sing, we invite you to come.